a cool kid. <laughs> I think that like I I think I'm cool now because I've like have a new definition of what cool is, but I definitely was not cool growing up. What is cool now? I think I'm going to be like that cliche, that cliche kind of that you know inspirational speaker or whatever and be like cool is actually when you're really kind and you're good to people and you treat others how you want to be treated and you just yeah you put a lot of I guess kindness out there I think that that is really cool (laughs) okay so taking a real kind of bible study youth pastor approach to cool though (laughs) (laughs) no that's like the opposite of what the song is about it's actually quite funny now that you've said it's like a bible approach oh my gosh help me I'm running away now I need a new approach to what cool is (laughs) because I actually grew up in a very strong Christian childhood past and the song for me I wrote after coming out as queer, as bisexual, and it took me till I was like 23 to come out. I had a lot of shame around my sexuality growing up, and I was really, really scared to come out my whole life. And then I met some really amazing queer friends that were like, don't be scared. Like, you got nothing to be ashamed of. It's just who you are. Like, you literally, there's nothing to be scared, scared of, ashamed of, and you just got to be you. And it was so nice meeting these people because I didn't really have anyone in my life before, my amazing friends that I made. And then I came out and I had all of these experiences and it was like partly amazing and also really alienating at the same time. I had some incredible experiences, but I also had some really heartbreaking ones. And it was kind of about like, the song is really about the aftermath of all of this, you know, so that was a lot. How did you navigate coming out a little bit later in life? It was, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the hard part because I think I pushed it down for so long. I think I always knew, but then, like, especially because I went to boarding school, and in that time, like, it was, with, I was, you know, obviously boarding with all girls, and so many of the girls I roomed with, like, boarded with. I mean, I guess in boarding school, there's just such a toxic look on. There was, there was a toxic look on being queer. So I was like, well, I just obviously, you know, just kept hiding it, hiding it, hiding it, and also because of my family and my upbringing, um, and coming out when I was an adult was. So interesting because I was also in a relationship at the time as well um, and I was really scared to tell my partner because I was like, oh my God, what is he going to think of me? And I just didn't know, like I didn't really know anything at the time. I was still so sort of caged in my life. Anyway, I came out to obviously my friends and then my partner and he, he was so supportive at the time and really amazing and just really backed me in who I am. And then a lot happened and then I finally came out to my mom like last year. So it actually took me till I was 26 to come out to my mom. <laughs> so it was a long, like this whole process was a really long time and it was really scary. And I felt like I still, even for like three years, had to hide myself. So I've actually really only been fully like, I guess, out to family and friends and now the public with this song really since last year. So it's all quite new for me, to be honest. I had this conversation kind of recently with someone, and I'm quite cognizant I might be this person to you as someone who's out at 21. But, like, I see people who are younger than me and they came out earlier and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I really wish, like, that. I think that's the kind of beautiful beautiful part about the time we live in now. Like, you know, when I was in high school and growing up, there was no way we had shows like Sex Education and shows that were really supporting queer stories. Like, there's so much on Netflix now that I watch. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I had this in high school where there's even queer representation, I would have been so much less freaked out by, like, even people talking about it, like, realising it, like, even, I guess, exploring it and thinking about it. Like, 
I think that the age that we live in now is such a it's a much more inclusive time and obviously now that there's so so many more rights for queer people um than when like gay marriage wasn't even legal when i was in high school and, and out of school as well which was like you know an intense topic in the christian world obviously and that was hard like growing up in that because i knew like, even with the whole gay marriage like and the votes and everything like Obviously, I had people around me who were voting no, and, like, I could not do that. That was before I came out, and that was, like, just when that all came out, and I had people around me voting no. Just, like, the arguments that were had and the speaking up and, like, even hearing my voice being heard, that also was something that really started me on my journey as well. And just, just so many things, I like, even talked about it now, so many things that happened along the way of, like, being an adult and going through all this and figuring out my sexuality and coming out and talking to people about it. I, yeah, I think it is so incredible, the world that we live in now and how, like, I have students that I teach that are, you know, that that say that they're queer and say that, like, tell their stories. And I'm like, I'm so proud of these young people coming up in the world, like, genuinely, and that they can be so free and so out, even though there are still so many stories that aren't that, you know? I want to touch on that word that you just used, right? Because we've just come out of Pride Month. What does pride mean to you? I think pride to me really means, like honesty and self-love especially self-love I think for me growing up in the situation that I did which I absolutely like I love my parents so much I still have such an amazing relationship with them but like you know there was a lot of toxicity and fear around obviously my sexuality because of their Christian beliefs and I think pride to me is just being like you actually can create your own beliefs in life as well that like don't necessarily align to your families or other people's and be like pride is all about like being strong in who you are and loving who you are and being really proud of who you are no matter what the consequences are no matter what people think you know like just absolute true self-love is pride to me you grew up on on a farm your parents are, yeah. your words here, I'm quoting, Christian hippies, and you didn't feel very, <laughs> you didn't feel very accepted, you didn't feel very understood. How do you feel like that shaped you? I mean, it's a strange thing, right? Because there's one part of that childhood where, like, your parents are hippies and open-minded, and, like, I grew up on an organic farm, and that was also strange because I grew up on a farm around chemical farmers. When my parents first started farming organically and biodynamically, people thought they were witches, me and my siblings were quite like not included at school and quite bullied just one because of that and then two also then they became like these really intense Christians there's like one side of them that's super free and open and the other side that's obviously very very Christian which to them they believe is freedom but it was also very controlling and hard and confusing when none of the other kids kind of had the same background to me and I just never really felt like I belonged anywhere or could relate to people especially the other kids that I grew up with in like a regional you know, country area. And then like, obviously I went to boarding school at 12 and all the other kids were so different to me there as well. And I just like constantly sort of felt a state of isolation and rejection. And then also even later in life, like being queer, I mean, some of my friends from, from school, um, you know, one of them said that it was just like a quarter life crisis and said that I was having a breakdown and, people said all kinds of stuff like it's for attention blah 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 blah. but like it's just hard when like throughout your life is kind of constantly a state of never really feeling understood and so my background was always quite conflicting the only place that I really felt like I really did have 
a place and a voice was when I was like performing and writing music and doing plays and musicals and things like that, which is why I think I feel so deeply connected to the arts and to music and to songwriting. It's because like it's always had a place for me. And this song, like Cool Kid is all connected to that as well. Like the whole ending of like, I was never the cool kid after I actually came out and had experiences once I'd come out. I really kind of fell in love with this girl and she didn't want to pursue anything, not because she didn't like me or want want to, it's because she was also raised in a Christian family and that just like, it just triggered um, a lot of pain from childhood. And that's kind of where the whole song comes from. It's just like a feeling of sort of deep rejection over and over again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was a long explanation. Yeah. No, but it was no, but it was like you've really you've thought a lot about this and you've thought critically and we love that here. Um I guess I, w- I want like let's go deeper here. Why do you think that music was one of the only places where you could access this feeling of being understood? I think cuz music is so honest and like um, it was tricky though in some ways because I think I really withheld the sense like obviously the background I grew up in you're so encouraged to write like even when you do like songwriting and stuff you're encouraged to write about how kind of happy you are <laughs> um, because like when you're in that world it's like you know the glory is to God and, and the happiness and everything um, and I really kind of struggled to be honest with songwriting when I was younger But then when I kind of got older and started, you know, creating my own life and and making my own choices and figuring out who I was on my own, I really started writing really honestly. And then the music actually became really sad for a while. (laughs) And I was just writing sad songs because I like had so much pain and sadness to to get out. And I think even through my childhood doing a Steadfits and concerts, there was always such a connection to the music because the songwriting that I was even singing, if it was covering a song as a kid or kind of writing my own, like there was always an element of truth to what I was doing. And I always felt like at home and accepted and you could be as free and quirky and wild and true as you wanted to be. Nobody was kind of like backing me into a corner or making me feel like I was a weirdo. So it's always been a place of like, I've just felt my most authentic self. What does that word mean to you, authenticity? For a lot of people who are queer and they feel like they've had to hide part of themselves for so long, there can be a really complicated relationship with the idea of authenticity. I think it's still a word that I am, I guess, bringing authenticity to the word authenticity. Like, when I came away from the upbringing that I had, because my upbringing, it was, it was intense, like... When it came to Christianity, it was like I was fully immersed into it. You know, like my parents make their decisions all through prayer and there was a lot. It was just very intense. My life was very entwined with it for a long time. And I felt quite nervous to kind of make my own choices and have my own life. And so I guess I sort of found authenticity and like my real own self and identity when I when I sort of left my background when I was an adult at around 23 that was the most authentic I've ever felt because I was kind of going into the world and seeing it with my own eyes and being like oh my god I actually have to make my own choices and not be influenced and actually figure out who I want to be as a person in my own 
like true authentic way. So I think for me, like I didn't really know what authenticity, like in terms of just truly being who you are. I just, it took me a really long time to figure out what that was. My journey was like a lot longer than, than some people's, but you know, I, I think that it was the most exciting thing ever to find that for myself. It's still like the most pivotal moment of my life was around 23 when a lot of stuff happened and it was like the most true and honest like route I've ever taken. Like that would still be the biggest thing. I think when I'm like 90, I'll look back on that moment at 23 and still think that that was the most authentic pivotal moment of my life. Pivoting here a little bit from your personal journey to your music journey, you talked about how when you were writing and when you were performing, that was when you were most understood. When did that all start for you? I have been writing little songs my whole life. My mom is like a singer-songwriter and she went from kind of writing folk music to then writing like Christian albums and all kinds of stuff, but she's always been writing music. And so I was always like learning instruments as a kid and singing and writing. But I think like I went also really down like an acting route and and performing route and theatre route. And I think like when it actually came to writing music, I was about 18 when I like 100% threw myself into it. And I met the guy that I was telling about earlier, my partner. I met him when I was 18 and he's Indigenous and from a remote community up north. He went back home for a while and we used to write like on the phone together and stay up all night and like he was always inspiring me to listen to, me, to new music and, and to write like my stories. So from when I was 18, I just got so into songwriting and performing and I wrote like hundreds of just terrible, cringy songs that I look back at now. <laughs> um, but I just got, I just threw myself into it because I was like, this world is amazing. And that's like from 19 onwards, then I went to TAFE and... Um, you know, studied songwriting and, and tried to figure out what it all meant. And then I think by the time, again, I was about like 23-ish, that's when I really started like getting better at it. And that's when we started Don't the Giants in 2019. So I was a bit younger than 23. But we started Don't the Giants and that's kind of when it all came together for me. So I was like, again, like in my adulthood, I've really discovered a lot about like what I love and, and songwriting and, you know, myself as well. It's all kind of connected. <laughs> Where did yeah. that name come from, Joan and the Giants? Joan and the Giants, it's funny because obviously my name is Grace. Um, jokes on everyone that thinks my name is Joan, but <laughs> Joan and the Giants came because I really didn't like Grace and the Giants because it's not just about me. Like it, Joan and the Giants is much bigger than just my own songs. Like it's very much a collaboration between me and Aaron and then also like our drummer and bassist put in a lot the music but I also just think Grace and the Giants just didn't flow I wanted something that started with like J J J and then you know we're saying like I don't know Jenny and stuff but then like Joan came like Aaron said the word Joan and it just had such a power to it obviously we're like a Joan of Arc and there's just such a a powerful strength to the word Joan and it feels like when I'm performing that it's almost like an out-of-body experience sometimes and much more powerful than just just me in a way how did you go yeah. about developing your sound together? Aaron and I, like, write the music. I write, like, obviously a lot of the lyrics, and Aaron writes the lyrics too, and then Aaron then really, you know, he'll produce and, and stay stay up for hours just, like, producing demos and, like, getting the sound that we really want behind the song to begin with, and then we bring that to the band, and then we take that kind of band demo production to our producer, who's called Dylan Olivier. He's also in The Money War. He's an amazing first producer and he just really brings it all together he's the first producer we worked with that actually 
really produces us and comes up with ideas and like cuts the songs up and really digs deep into them. Sometimes we'll, we'll write a little bit together as well, but the process of the pre-production and the production in the studio is so exciting with Dylan. So it's kind of a collaboration between us and him, to be honest. Now, next week, it's a big week. You are heading all the way from Perth to Newcastle for your tour. Yes. But we were talking off air. There's been some challenge here that you've had to overcome to make it to New South Wales. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there has. Are you looking forward to it? We are. I and the band, we are so excited. We have been, like, because obviously we started in 2019, so this is the fifth year of, of doing this, and... This has been our dream for so long. Like we've we've done regional WA so many times. We've played hundreds of shows over here, up and down the coast, from Esperance to like the top of WA, and to the point where like my car is destroyed because of all the road miles. And I'm just so excited to get on a plane and go and play some music over east, and just you know feel like a new energy and and see new places and and start doing it a lot more often. Like whilst it's very expensive to get over there, the whole idea is that we really really want to start touring much more over east so it's just the beginning and our listeners can catch you in brunswick st kilda mornington coburg so you're going to be all around here and also you've got a new song coming out yes so we have a new song coming out in a few days on the 6th of july called sleep alone and i think this is actually my favorite song we've ever released um i know i I probably say that about every new song but this one is absolutely like the sound that i've been wanting to get to for so long so i'm really excited about it can you give us a hint (laughs) if you like kind of london grammar meets like almost like a king's leoni vibe like it's very alternative pop with like a hint at like of like a rock ballad almost it's kind of got the bigness and like the popness that i've i've been wanting to make for a while so ah Wow, the suspense. Okay, so before I let you go, <laughs> what is your relationship to the queer community? My relationship to the queer community is really special because it all started over here in Perth, in the Perth music scene. That was the first time that I met actually anyone that was openly queer and was so accepting and inclusive and encouraging of the space for me to talk about my journey. And the Perth queer community that I've met has just been the most loving, accepting, exciting community I've ever been part of. And, you know, some of my closest friends that I have made, hopefully for life, are part of this community. The best people I've ever met have come out of the queer community. And I'm so grateful to be connected and a part of it. It really feels like home to me. And I think it's the most inclusive and supportive group. I had it in it.